G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are going through the first of our projections, tiers. We're talking point guards. Let's go. G'day guys and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host Mitch Casey and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys NBA and on Instagram at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball. Today we are starting another little mini series. We are starting to talk about our positional tiers and rankings. Um, so a lot of you have been requesting this one. Obviously it's one that we've done uh, the last couple of seasons. So getting into how we are going to group all of these players in their positional um, categories. So last year, I think we just we separated into guards, wings, and bigs. So this year, we're doing a bit more traditional. We're going with the point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. Five different uh, videos in this little um, mini-series. So we'll be breaking them down. Uh, all of these different tiers... Um, I'm recording this video on the 7th of September, so if anything changes, for example, like Lonzo Ball news, it definitely might adjust these kind of um, rankings and things like that. If there's more trades or anything like that, it will will adjust. But if you wanted to check out all of my rankings um, from pick 1 to 156 uh, with every... Um, player ranked, all their stats, what my thoughts are on every individual player, check out ballboysmba.com and uh, check out our season guide. You can just pay $10 for the whole season, um, get access to my rankings, all of my tiers, um, all of the season articles that we're going to be putting out and also an exclusive Q&A podcast, which we will be running quite soon, guys. So if you have already um, signed up to the season guide, head over to the exclusive Q&A tab and on there, there should be um, a section there for you to ask your questions. Um, If not, there should be an email down at the bottom there that you guys can send your questions to. And um, once a week and into the season, we're going to be doing an extra podcast for you guys um, to answer all of your questions. So go over and hit that up and, and I'll be answering a lot of questions soon on our podcast. So But we're going to get stuck into this one today, point guards. Now, again, with the positional sort of stuff, some players will be point guards. Some of them will be shooting guards. There'll be a bit of mix and matching going around. For example, I think I've got James Harden in my shooting guard tiers. Um, He won't be on this podcast, but he'll be in tomorrow's show. So if you see a guy that hasn't been ranked, chances are he's on a different different show and, um, and we'll go through. The idea and the value of these tier podcasts and the tier videos is I'm putting together players that I think could be in a similar kind of range in the draft. Um, I am ranking them in terms of my preference, but the rankings within the tiers are a little bit less important. I think the tiers themselves are the most important thing, depending on what build I'm doing, what punt strategy I'm using, who I'm pairing those guys with. I could flip flop a lot of these guys within the tiers, but usually within those tiers themselves, I wouldn't be reaching for the next guy in a tier below, unless it was the perfect 
pairing on a, of a punt strategy and it dramatically changed the rankings, um, which some of them do, especially when we get into those field goal free throw percentage punts. But for the most part, these tiers will be where I would want to see these guys go. So um, I wouldn't really pick anyone in tier two until everyone in my tier one is gone as an example. But we'll get stuck into it when we talk about the specific players on this podcast. So uh, without any more waffling on, let's let's get stuck into it. So tier one, we've got two players here in tier one for our point guards. I've got Luka Doncic at number one, and then I've got Steph Curry at number two. I think both of these guys are mid-first round players. I think Luka is someone who divides a lot of play, a lot of people. In a points league, he's like a top three guy. He's not quite that high for me in a category league, and I've seen him go uh, in that spot a few times in our mock drafts. I like Luka. I think he's a really good player. I think he's a very safe bet for um, putting up huge points, threes, uh, rebounds, assists. The steals are over a, a steal per game as well. His percentages, especially his field goal percentage, is actually improving. He's mid to high 40s now. Um, the turnovers are extremely high. The free throw percentage is poor. So I would be wanting to be punting both of those categories. In fact, I think his turnovers is one of the largest negatives. I think it might be the largest negative of any player uh, in fantasy basketball. So as soon as you punt those those turnovers, he shoots up the rankings uh, a fair way. So um, don't let his nine cat ranking fool you. I do still think he's a first round guy. And then Steph Curry, I've got um, just a bit behind him. Um, I don't consider him a top sort of five or six guy, but he's I'm happy with him in that middle round, middle first round. Uh, he was a bit, he struggled a little bit the second half of last year. His field goal percentage dropped a lot. I expect that to come back up. He shot 43.7% on the year. Um, but in the second half of the year, it was on limited games, only 28 games in the second half. He did get up to 46%. Um, so I expect that to sort of come back up. And with that, his value should rise. But I am also a little worried about Clay coming back and the rise of Jordan Poole and just them managing his minutes a little bit. So um, I don't know if we're going to see Steph be the kind of guy that rises up into that top echelon in the first round. I don't know how much upside there is in drafting him outside of like a pick six, seven, eight kind of zone. Um, but I still think he's pretty safe there. He's um, not going to hurt you anywhere. His free throw percentage is elite. Obviously, the threes are elite as well. Um, so, yeah, pretty pretty happy to get Steph. And he's, he's always a fun guy to have on your team. And he's um, always good to go off with some good, entertaining, and exciting games. So I had Steph on my team last year in our home league. And um, I was pretty happy with his, his performance, except for the fact that he did get injured for uh, a chunk of my fantasy playoffs, which which did suck, but I don't I don't I'm not worried about Steph and his injury concerns or anything like that. I think it was just kind of a freak kind of incident for him. So that's our tier one. Let's move to tier two. We've got a few guys here, and I still think we're in the first round of drafts. Okay, so whilst there might not be much of a gap on a ranking point of view, I don't really see many reasons as to why I would go any of these guys over the two I mentioned before, but they are still, in my opinion, first-rounders. So let's go with Tier 2. LaMelo Ball at number three for point guards, Damian Lillard at four, and Trey Young at five. So I do have Ball at the top of this list. Um, These guys, to me, are late first-round guys, um, maybe early second, um, but I do think that I'm happy to take any of these guys in my first round. LaMelo Ball, I feel the most confident in. I think that he's obviously the youngest. Or is he younger than Trey Young? Yeah, I think he's younger than Trey Young. Let me double check that. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a few years younger than Trey Young. Um, 
I can't believe I, I blanked on that one. But yeah, he's obviously only 21 years old, super young. He's got a lot of upside still left. Last year, you punt the field goal percentage, and he was already the 12th ranked player. So in a year where he is going into his third season, he is going to be someone who I expect to increase in points. I expect an increase in threes. Um, the steals are really nice. Assists are great. His free throw percentage took a big jump up last year. Uh, perhaps the turnovers can start to to drop a little bit, although I wouldn't expect too much of that. I think his minutes are going to come up. Um, you don't have Miles Bridges there to worry about anymore, so his usage should increase as well. So I'm really, really confident with LaMelo Ball. Um, so he's the closest to being up in that Tier 1 area um, with Luca and Steph. Um, I could see the arguments in him joining that tier um, compared to the, the other two in this rankings, but I think just because we haven't quite seen it yet, um, he's a little bit riskier than, than those other two guys, but I, I really like what Lamelo Ball can do for us this year. A little bit of a concern with Charlotte being a little bit of a worse team and maybe they rest him down the stretch. Um, I don't really see them challenging for the play-in tournament or they haven't really mapped out my projections. I think they'll sort of be around that 11 or 10, 11, 12 kind of zone in the East because it's quite competitive up there. So it, it is interesting to see yeah, people's opinions on tanking and resting star players. So uh, maybe on like a Steph Curry and a Luca, you don't really have to worry about that as much. But Lamelo, you might have to take it into consideration. So just keep that in mind. But last year, he played 75 games. Um, yeah, he, he's young and, and, and so far has been quite durable. All right, let's go on to... So the next couple of guys, Damian Lillard and Trey Young. So I think Lillard is someone that I'm very confident in him returning back to his pre-injury kind of level. We might do a show later on in the preseason talking about every guy coming off injury, every person who's like an injury-prone player, everyone who's got an injury already. But um, I think Damian Lillard is someone who I'm really confident in returning back to where he was. He kind of had a random abdominal surgery. He tried to play it out. It wasn't really working. The Blazers were doing shit, so they shut him down for the rest of the season, used that opportunity to tank like a Spurs did in like the late 90s to get the Tim Duncan. Um, so they did a similar kind of thing in terms of their strategy. He's apparently feeling great. He was, um, you know, he's been training really well. He's ready to go for training camp. Um, and before that injury, he was a perennial top 10 player. So I think I have him at the end of the first round just to have a little bit of caution on him, plus a few other guys stepping up, in my opinion. But I do think that we're going to see the same old Damian Lillard that we saw uh, a couple of years ago. So pretty happy with him. And Trey Young, I do have behind Damian Lillard just because I'm I'm more worried about DeJounte taking usage and taking assists away from Trey Young than I am worried about Lillard returning from his injury. Trey Young is someone, if you look at his previous rankings, they're all over the place. He is someone that relies very heavily on um, very heavily on his assists, his points, his free throw percentage, and his free throw attempt rate. Um, so when you have a look at any of those stats, if you make a small adjustment in any one of them or even multiple of them, the ranking can change dramatically because he doesn't have the rebounds, he doesn't have the blocks, his steals aren't super high either um, to really boost up his ranking. So if I look at in the 2020-21 season, he averaged 25 points, um, 9.5 assists, over two threes a game. He shot 88.6% on 8.7 attempts. So really good numbers, but he was the 50th ranked player in that season. 
So he has scope to regress really far very easily. So compared that to his last season, 28.4 points, three threes, 9.7 assists, 90%. They're good. So the real difference there is maybe three points a game, an extra three per game, and maybe point two steals. Like that is the difference and maybe 15% on his free throws. Like those are very small margins and a very big gap in his fantasy value. So going from last year being the 11th ranked player to um, two years ago being the 50th ranked player, just on those small margins, that has me concerned enough to put him below those other guys. And I would consider him an end of the first, start of the second round player. So I know a few people have asked me like, what kind of ranking would you go with those guys? I see Trey at the end of that end of that grouping um, before I get into some more riskier picks that I might think have a higher upside per game. But I am confident that Trey is going to be pretty durable. I know what he's going to give me. It's it's nice that he. I said that it's hard because his ranking is going to plummet when um, small things change, but. In saying that, with a head-to-head league especially, we like those guys that are super high in just a few different areas because it makes the punt strategies really clear and really obvious. Um, so I think that he definitely benefits from that. As soon as you punt blocks, um, he's going to be someone. Blocks and turnovers, you punt those two categories and he, and he shoots up the ranking boards even higher. So I still really like Trey. I still think he's a very safe pick, but he is going to lose value in my opinion from last year. So don't expect him to. Um, in nine category rankings, I don't know if he's going to be a first round player. Um, but in a head to head league, when you're punting sort of things, I think I think he'll still be good enough, like a Luca, to sort of be in this range. So that is my thoughts on Trey Young and tier two. Let's go to tier number three. A couple of guys in this tier. Um, we're looking at the start of the second round. Uh, now here, guys. I think these two guys, I've got Kyrie Irving at six and Tyrese Halliburton at seven. Two very interesting players, kind of opposites in my opinion. Kyrie Irving is probably the high upside, high risk player. Tyrese Halliburton might not have the upside that Kyrie has, but he definitely has the safety in terms of his uh, health historically. Um, He's also someone that I feel really confident in what he's going to do for me. Um... In saying that, though, he is someone that is a bit of a hype guy, and I do see him going a lot at that turn on drafts, which I think is where I have him. Um, But it is interesting that his hype is getting up there, and in the last draft that I did with Josh Lloyd, he was going before players like Damian Lillard, uh, before Jason Tatum, before um, Trey Young, and I think that's a bit too high. Let's not get too carried away. He was the... What is he? The 22nd ranked player last year. Um, after the All-Star break, which is when the trade happened, he was the 19th ranked player. So he he's not quite hitting like that, you know, top 15 level just yet, but he is still only very young. Um, so I think especially when you, you, you start those punt strategies, you start punting turnovers, you start punting the blocks, He's someone that's going to to shoot up the rankings again. So I'm pretty pretty happy to get him there. And his elite assists and steals is is really, really nice to have. And I'm happy to also grab him and pair him with like a, a James Harden or or someone like that and start a punt points team because I think that's going to be something that is really valuable. Um, because obviously he's not scoring 25 points a night like some of these other guys, but 
the the great efficiency, the threes, the assists, the steals. He's even getting, like I said before, a, a nearly half a block a game for a point guard. That's really good. So um, I do really like me some Tyrese. Kyrie Irving. Uh, a lot of people have different opinions on Kyrie. I really like him. As soon as the second round starts, I'm happy to pick Kyrie because he's basically a first-round player. He's always kind of been a first-round player um, the last several seasons on a per-game basis. Obviously, he's very unreliable in terms of his games played. Last year, it was obviously because of the, the COVID vaccination and being suspended by his own team and those kind of things. So that's been lifted. We don't have to worry about that anymore. He still will find a way to miss games. But, you know, a couple of, a couple of years ago, he played 54 games. A couple of years before that, 67 in Boston, in Boston, 60 games. So it wouldn't shock me to see him play 60-plus games this season. Um, he's not actually injured or anything at the moment. He's completely healthy. Um, he's in a contract year. Um, and I know I'm not the biggest believer in contract years either, but there's just something that telling me that he's he was in a contract year last year, but he really he had a player option, so he had that safety net to, to use that and to go onto it. Where he's going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of this season, and there has been a lot of narrative about you can't trust Kyrie, and, you, and it is starting to affect his value on the free agency market. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked, and I wouldn't be super surprised to see that that stuff kind of goes away this season. So I've just got this feeling that I think Kyrie's going to be a little bit more available than he was the last couple of seasons. And he, he just has really good upside. Last couple of seasons. So last year, he was the fifth per game. The year before that, he was the third per game. Year before that, the sixth. Year before that, he was the ninth. Like, this guy's a first-round guy when he's out there. Um, so if you can get him after taking a safe pick with your first uh, pick... To get him on the second around that turn, I'd be very happy to do that. So, um, yeah, I do like me uh, Kyrie Irving to start the second round. That's uh, Tier 3. Moving on to Tier 4, I've just got one guy, Freddie Van Vliet. I think he's uh, locked in as a bit of a second-round guy. Um, The only thing that I'm worried about with Fred Van Vliet is the fact that he is someone who plays a lot of minutes under Nick Nurse. We have seen the last couple of seasons him breaking down throughout the season as the season goes on. Um, so perhaps, you know, we love the high minutes for his production, but perhaps we don't want him to play so many minutes that he's injured when it comes to fantasy playoffs. So I don't think, I think we might have seen the ceiling of Fred Van Vliet last year when he was a 17th ranked player. So I think he's more of like around that 20 end of the second round pick. But again, when you punt the field goal percentage, he shoots up the rankings very highly. He's one of the worst. Um, he's one of the worst negatives in field goal percentage out there. So he's one of the biggest beneficiaries when you punt that category. Um, but I still think you're going to get a very similar kind of thing with Fred. Um, and I think that yeah, he should still be a second round guy. And sometimes he gets a little bit slept on because he's not the most exciting. He doesn't score the most. He's, he's probably going to score around that. 18 to 20 points per night, um, but he's going to give you great threes, excellent steals, excellent assists. The free throw percentage is awesome. Um, he gives you half a block per game. So he's just a really sneaking contributor in a lot of different areas. And um, yeah, one of my favorite fantasy guys, but I am just a little bit worried about the the minutes taking a toll on him. And uh, I hope he can stay healthy this season. So that's, that's Freddie Van Vliet in tier four to round out. I think he's a back end second round player. So... Um, tier five, we're looking at. I think we're looking at like the the mid 
first, uh, sorry, third round, start of the third round if you're really keen on these guys. Um, the guys I've got here in this rankings are Cade Cunningham, Chris Paul, and Jar Morant. Now, this is where things, it's sort of horses for courses now because it depends what you want. I could, on a per-game ranking, see Chris Paul being the highest ranked here in a nine-category setting, and then punting can really skew a few things here. So I like Cade at the top of this list because I think he's got the highest upside. I think when you punt a uh, field goal percentage and a turnovers category, he's going to really benefit from that. He's someone I expect to get a big increase in his uh, scoring. I think he's going to be a, a 21-22 plus points per game guy. He's going to be the best rebounder out of this group, so I expect him to get six or seven rebounds a game. Um, his assists should be well over the six per game mark, six or seven there. So if he can get 22, um, six and seven, shooting two threes, getting a steal to a steal and a half per game, he should be getting close to over half a block per game. I think the field goal percentage will be improved. Maybe it's still punt worthy. The free throw percentage will be nice. I see a lot of good things with Cade Cunningham um, this season. And um, I, I think that he can be, he has real breakout potential and he could easily be a second round player by the end of this season. You don't take him there because there's a risk that he doesn't make that jump, but I'd be happy to take him in the third round. And you guys have already seen me do that in, uh, in that first mock that we did. I think Josh Lloyd took him in the second round in our 14 team mock. Um, so that's, that's kind of where, that's as high as I would go. I think there might be some other guys that I prefer. Like I, I would still prefer a Fred Van Vliet and those other guards that I mentioned before. But yeah, I think third round, easy, lock him in. I'm, I'm happy to do that. Chris Paul, Chris Paul's an interesting one because you're taking him in the third round, but the only thing that you really need to be aware of is if you take Chris Paul in the third round, compared to all these other guys, he's not scoring nearly as many points. So you've got to be prepared to at least look at and consider punting the points category, which again, I'm really okay with, but you just got to make sure that you are okay to do that. And that's what you're going to do because it's really hard to come back from that 10 points per game deficit compared to the other players around that point in the draft. Um, But he's going to give you elite um, assists. So I I imagine he might lead the league in assists this season. Um, Elite uh, percentages for the guard over sort of like high 40s, maybe even 50% field goal, elite free throw percentage, low turnovers compared to those assists, high steals, uh, his rebounds are decent. So I think he's a really good player, and especially if you're punting points and threes, I think he's a great, great player to get. Um, but just be aware that the points are hard to come back. He is old. He's turning 38, so I do like to deduct my older guys down the board a little bit just because you, they are regressing. They are getting older. Um, sometimes it's it's a smooth, slow transition, but sometimes there's big drop-offs with older players. And um, I don't expect there to be a big drop-off with Chris Paul, but I don't want to be taking him at his peak where he was last year. So last year, he was a 19th ranked player. I don't want to be taking him there. I want to be taking him about maybe 10 spots later than that. So that makes him like middle to late third round kind of guy for me. And then Ja Morant. In a points league, he's a first round guy. Um, there's no no way around that. So this is obviously a category um, projections and, and tiers, but Ja Morant would be a first round guy in a points league. In a category league, however, he suffers from poor turnovers, poor percentages, no, not many threes, the steals aren't great, no blocks, the rebounds are eh, whatever. Um, excellent points, excellent assists, but 
outside of that, it's not super exciting. I think he definitely, he's here because if you're punting the free throw percentage category, he can get to this point. Um, and I think it's super value in that punt strategy to have those big points and big assist guys. Um, and I think that, that that's what elevates him here. He's a good field goal percentage guy, so his free throws is, is bad, but his field goal percentage is actually pretty nice. Um, I expect him to be, you know, 28 points per game sort of thing. He, he should get his assists up to seven per game. The rebounds are actually not too bad, but yeah, it's just those lack of threes, steals, uh, and the poor turnovers and free throw percentage that, that reduce his nine category ranking. He was 48th last season. But when you punt the free throws, he does uh, he does take a jump up, and um, so that's where I'd be happy to take him for a a punt free throw percentage team. If you're not willing to punt the free throw percentage, then you don't get him really because he's he's just going to be going too high. He's too exciting. People like him too much to to let him go further. Last year in a punt free throw percentage, he was the 28th ranked player. So depending on your punt strategy, he and Chris Paul, Cade Cunningham, they can all be flipped here and there. But I'm very happy to take him in the third round if I'm punting free throws, and I think that that's uh, that's someone who I'd be targeting in that kind of a kind of a build, uh, even as early as like on the turn. If I had a Giannis uh, in my third round, I'd be happy to take Jar in that early third round just to to lock away my points and assists. So. Yeah, don't mind me some Jar, but just be careful with your punt strategies. Don't get too excited just because of the name. Okay, TR6, we are talking Darius Garland at 12 and Drew Holiday at 13. So Garland is here now after the trade. I had him a little bit higher in that previous tier um, or maybe even with Freddie Van Vliet in tier four before the trade. But with Donovan Mitchell joining the team, I think it just takes that upside away. It takes the usage and the ball out of Garland's hands. He's um, He went a bit crazy post-All-Star break, averaging 37... Oh, sorry, 38 minutes a night post-All-Star, 37 the second half of the season. Um, In that time, he was the 23rd-ranked player. Um, If you're punting the blocks, he was the 16th-ranked player. So he has that, like, second-round upside, but I just don't think he's going to get back there again with Donovan Mitchell there. Um, The minute should come down to, like, 34, 35 per night. So you whack off you know, three or four minutes off his average. You're probably going to see a drop in assists, uh, sorry, points. He'll still probably get the 20 points per game, I think, but it won't be the 25 that he put up after the All-Star break. He should still get maybe like seven and a half, eight assists, but it won't be the 10 assists that he did after the All-Star break. So similar to Trey Young, you kind of just see those numbers scale back a bit. And similar to Trey Young, it might affect his um, nine category ranking. But again, if you're punting the blocks, if you're punting the turnovers, um, then he, he will be he will be still really good, and I think those assists will still be very valuable. And then Drew Holiday, he's just a safe guy. I don't think really see anything changing with him. He's he's 32 years old, so maybe a slight bit of regression. Last year, he was the 34th ranked player. So I, I've got him, yeah, sort of that end of the third, start of the fourth round kind of guy, similar kind of area to where he finished. He's excellent in a punt free throws or a punt um, threes build. Uh, punt blocks as well. So he's he's pretty versatile. Um, I think he's just really solid, really safe. So, yeah, you can't really go wrong with a Drew Holiday. If you're adverse to risk-taking in the early rounds, then 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 Drew's your guy. And he definitely shouldn't get past pick 40 in, in most drafts because I think then you've got a bit of a steal on your hands because the man can get you a lot of steals. So, um, yeah, I do like me some Drew Holiday. Uh, nice safe pick there. Tier 7. We've got another one-player tier here. Um, De'Aaron Fox is my player in Tier 7. Now, I 
I like me some De'Aaron Fox. He was a headache last season. He had a season of two halves, really. Before the trade, he was horrible. Um, he was a he was a my guy, and I'm sorry if you guys um, followed my advice on that one. But he did come good the second half of the season. He came really good in the second half of the season. So on the season, he was a 94th ranked player. He was the 62nd ranked player in punt free throws on the year. Um, but after the All-Star break, he was the 36th ranked player. And in a punt free throw percentage, he was the 23rd ranked player, which is exactly what I expected from him for the entire season. It just took a little while for him to get into gear. And that's been a bit of the story of Darren Fox so far. There's no excuses this season. The um, Kings are trying to make the play-in tournament at least. So I think they're going to be riding their guys pretty hard. They're going to want to get off to a hot start. Um it's Darren Fox's team. There's no Halliburton there anymore. They didn't draft a point guard this season, which is nice. Um, so I really, to borrow a phrase from uh, Josh Lloyd, I'm ready to get hurt again. I'm, I'm back on Darren Fox, and I do expect us to see sort of like his second half numbers again. So 28 points a night, um, nearly two threes, uh, four and a half rebounds, six and a half assists, a steal per game. His field goal percentage should be in the high 40s. Um, yeah, the turnovers and free throws uh, are going to be bad, but punt those categories. He should be there, there or thereabouts, a top 35 guy. So I would be looking at him in the fourth round in that punt free throw build if I missed out on a Jar Morant, but he provides a very similar kind of thing to what Jar does. Maybe just a little bit more, um, a little bit more variability in what he does, a little bit less uh, safe, a bit more risky with a Fox, but you compare him to Jar, and they're actually kind of quite similar players, and um, you can probably get Fox at a much bigger discount because the name's a bit tainted with uh, what we saw last season, but I still think that he's a he's a really good punt free throw um, guy, especially if you are also punting the turnovers in that, in that build, so I, I like him for those kind of teams there. So he's the only guy there in Tier 7, my 14th ranked point guard. All right, continuing along, tier number eight, another punt free throw guy to lead this tier, uh, Ben Simmons at 15. Then I've got Jamal Murray at 16, and I've got Kevin Porter Jr. at 17. So if you look at the rankings on Yahoo, this is a big value part of the draft here because I think Jamal Murray might be the highest ranked player on Yahoo at the moment. I think it's like 82, and Ben Simmons is in the 90s. Kevin Porter Jr. I think is outside pick 100. So lots of good value with this tier here. Wide variety of skill sets. Ben Simmons is someone that I've historically really liked. I'm monitoring what he's doing in the preseason, but so far it's been pretty quiet. I think... We're assuming that he's going to be good, healthy, ready to go, play his normal load of minutes. I think the surgery he had in the offseason is pretty standard. Um, so I don't think I'm too worried about Ben Simmons. But if I hear any news of to the contrary, he does drop down my board. But at the moment, I'm happy to take him sort of around that like fifth round. If I'm taking him outside pick 50 in a punt free throw percentage build, I think that's really good value. Um, and I think you probably will be able to do it because people are a bit off Ben Simmons there. He's on a lot of people's never again list. So um, you, I think you'll be able to get good value on Ben Simmons. Jamal Murray is interesting as well. I'm surprised to see him down at rank 82 on Yahoo. Um, he was a top 40 guy before his injury. He's It's been 18 months since the ACL. ACLs are really heavily researched. They're the most common or the most heavily researched injury in all of sports. 
Um, so I'm really confident in the rehab process for Jamal. He might be a bit rusty in the start of the season, but come your fantasy playoffs, I expect him to be that top 40 guy. I'd want to take him at a little bit of a discount, but as soon as it ticks over pick 50, 55, I'm very happy to be looking at Jamal Murray if you need what he brings. And then Kevin Porter Jr. is a guy that I'm really keen on this season in those punt free throw builds, similar to the Fox and um, John Morant kind of vein, where he's going to give me probably more threes than those guys. Not as much scoring, but lots of good threes, good points, good rebounds for a guard, great assists. He'll give you over a steal. Um, the field goal percentage actually started to improve in the second half of last year a lot. It'll still be a slight negative, but I don't think it's going to be the huge drag that it was um, at the start of the year. Um, so I do really like me some Kevin Porter Jr. He's still super young, and I think he's going a bit under the radar with Jalen Green taking a lot of the hype with his second half or post-All-Star break performances, where Kevin Porter Jr., in my opinion, had the biggest uh, improvement, actually, in, in that time. So I do like me some KPJ, as you would have seen in our Sleeper video. So if you haven't checked that one out, he was definitely big. A lot of these guys featured on the, the that Sleeper rankings video. So check that one out if you haven't already. Um, moving along, tier nine, D'Angelo Russell and Marcus Smart. So a couple of punt field goal percentage guys here. We've got some good threes and good assists, good steals from Marcus Smart. Um, I think they're all going to just do what they did last season. I think that they're a bit boring. People don't really, um, I don't know. D'Angelo Russell suffers a little bit because of his turnovers and field goal percentage. Marcus Smart with his field goal percentage as well. People are a bit worried about Marcus Smart and Brogdon. I'm not worried about at all. I think Marcus is still going to get his 30 minutes. Brogdon's going to come off the bench. They're going to play a lot of uh, two-guard lineups, which they didn't do as much of last season. Um, A lot of minutes where Tatum will play at the four and everyone kind of shift up. So I don't think Marcus will drop drop too many minutes. He might take a little bit of a hit from his upside, but I still think he's a very safe assist, threes, steals guy. As long as you can either stomach the field goal percentage with really good guys before that, or if you're punting that category, he's um, he's going to be a bit higher than this. So, And D'Angelo Russell, he's a great source of assists. It's starting to get a bit harder to find those assists later in the draft. So he is someone that I think you can you can get in the mid-rounds and, and, and take a good swing on. So those two are in Tier 9. Tier 10, we've got four guys now. So... At 20 in the point guard rankings, I've got Kyle Lowry. Then I've got Josh Giddy. 22, I've got Jalen Brunson. And at 23, I've got Tyrese Maxey. So Kyle Lowry, I think, is getting a bit slept on at the moment. He's ranked at number 100 in Yahoo. Yes, he's old. He's 36 or turning 36 this season. But there's not been much changed at uh, Miami. I don't think they've got much depth behind him to really allow him to, to coach throughout the season. I think that he's going to still have to play heavy minutes. Last year, he played 34 minutes a night. I expect, you know, at least 30 minutes a night this season. Um, last year, again, he was the 62nd ranked player. Maybe you take that back a little bit. So if you want to take him in the 70s or, or early 80s, sure, that's fine. But I don't think he should be reaching pick 100 um, because this guy's is a great fantasy player, great assists, great threes, um, steals over a, a steal per game. Percentages are nice. Yeah, I just think he's a really solid, safe player um, to, to, to grab before you start taking your flies late in the draft. So I'm not too scared about Kyle Lowry. Um, I just wouldn't be taking him at his rank from last season. But where he's going in drafts right now, I still think it's... I think we're going a bit too far in, in reducing how we're looking at him. 
Josh Giddy is a very uh, he, he's a bus candidate so far in this in the preseason. Um, Yahoo's got him ranked still in the fifties. Um, a lot of guys are taking him quite high. We're very excited about Josh Giddy. He's a big assist and rebound guy, but there's not a lot else. That's the thing. He's yeah, sure he gives you you know eight rebounds. I expect to get up to like seven assists again. Maybe he can get the scoring up to 14, 15 a night. But the threes, the steals, the blocks, the poor percentages, the high turnovers are all drags on his fantasy value. He was the 161st ranked player last season. If he punted the field goal percentage, he was just inside the top 100. So I, I will take him inside the top 100. I will take him probably inside the top 80. But I'm not taking him as high as 50 or 60 because I think you're really banking on a lot of things changing this season. Whereas I just don't think that you can rely on that because if it doesn't happen, like he can, he has room to still be the 160th ranked player this season. So there's a lot of downside there with not much upside in my opinion. So um, I'm not cool. I'm not happy with taking him that high, but you know, around that 75 to 80 zone is about where I think that he should be. He should be going, and um, maybe a little bit higher if you're punting the field goal percentage and you really need those assists. I do understand that the assists are very valuable, but I think there are other guys like Kyle Lowry, like Smart, and D'Angelo Russell that I'd be happy to take in front of him, and all those guys in tier eight that I think are much better value than than Giddy, who is just getting a bit too hyped at the moment. Um, last couple guys in this tier, uh, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey is another one that I think is getting a bit overhyped. Uh, I know he's exciting. I know he's a fun young player, but James Harden's still there. He shot at a really high percentage, um, which I don't know if, if it's sustainable. Very similar to what I was saying about Michael Porter Jr. last season. He is someone that is at risk at dropping a lot of value if that comes down. Um, and he doesn't have those high assists, high steals or blocks to really salvage his value. So I'm a little bit worried about him being down there. So I've got him, again, similar towards like Giddy in the 80s kind of zone. And same with Jalen Brunson. I think he'll be better than last year. I'm just not expecting him to really break out into a top 50 player. So Brunson, great percentages, good assists, not a lot of threes, not a lot of steals. Um, Yeah, he's just kind of a fine guy. Nice safe pick in sort of that, you know, 80-ish zone without a whole lot of really high upside, in my opinion. All right, tier 11. This is where we start to get into some fun guys. I think this is now starting to look outside the top 100, in my opinion. Two guys I like in this zone here, uh, Monty Morris and Markel Fultz. So Monty Morris, I've taken in both mocks that I've done so far on the channel. Uh, He's just a nice, safe guy. uh, Different to Fultz, who's the upside play. Monty Morris, he's just like kind of your last-ditch effort at getting some assists into your team. Uh, I think that he will be better than what he was in Denver with his assists improving, but I don't think it's going to be a dramatic improvement. But even in saying that, what was he ranked last year? Let's let's have a look. I just had it right in front of me and I've lost it. Uh, Monty Morris. So last season, last season in nine category leagues, he was the 120th ranked player. He was the 95th ranked player after the uh, in the second half of the year. So I see him around that, 100, maybe 90 to 100 kind of zone. And um, when, you, when you're punting the blocks, if that's what you're doing, then he, he is a bit higher than that. He's not going to hurt your turnovers. Percentages are going to be really nice. If he, if he um, increases the volume at any one of those categories, that really helps him out. But I, I sort of just see him getting over five, between five and six assists per game. Uh, he'll get you more than maybe you know 10 to 12 points, nearly a couple of threes per game. So 
It's nothing super exciting, but really, really solid. Uh, and then Markel Fultz, I, I do like me some Markel Fultz. He was really good last year. The assist rate was insanely high in, in limited minutes, but I think that will drop off a little bit, but I expect the minutes to increase closer to 30 per game now that he's nice and healthy. Best utilizing a punt free throw or a punt threes build, um, but I do really think that he's got a, a higher upside than Monty Morris, but um, still kind of unsure about how that Denver, sorry, how that Orlando um, backcourt's going to work. But I think he will start, but we haven't seen it yet. But I think he and Suggs will be the starters uh, in Orlando. So I do like me some Mark L. Fultz, but the lack of threes um, and the free throw percentage turnovers are a little bit of a, a cap on his ceiling. But he does still have some nice upside. And he's, he's, still only, he's still only 24. Like, obviously, he's been around for a little while, but he's only 24. He hasn't had a good run with injuries, so... Um, but at this point, if he gets injured, you just you just drop him and move on. So not too worried. Um, tier 12. This is where I start to take Lonzo Ball. Um, he was much higher than this in my rankings before the news of his uh, knees still bothering him. But it, it doesn't sound good. It really doesn't sound good. I'm getting massive Zion Williamson vibes um, of last year with Lonzo Ball with them kind of saying, oh, he's questionable to start the season, but, you know, two weeks out from the season, we'll get, yep, he's going to miss a few weeks, and then, who knows, he might even go for another surgery. But he was only supposed to be out four to six weeks. Um, it's been like eight months. So, yeah, it's it's just not a good sign, and I'm, I'm not confident in his availability at all. But at this point, you've got to take the swing. He, he has top 50 upside. Um, so you've got to take the swing. Stash him on your IR spot, but... Yeah, I'm really nervous about what Lonzo Ball is going to be doing this year. And then in this tier as well, we've got Trey Jones, who might not have the highest upside. He's he's a poor shooter. He doesn't shoot many threes, so best in a punt threes build, but still going to be a good source of assists, I think. I think he'll start at point guard for the Spurs, um, but just not super high upside. I think he's not going to score a whole lot. Uh, the steals might be there, you know, over between 1 and 1.3 or 4 per game. Uh, but not very high rebounds. Free throw percentage is it's so-so, but he'll just be a nice, solid guy. Kind of like a, a poorer version of Monty Morris, in my opinion. Um, or at least just not as locked into that starting role as, as a Monty Morris. They might kind of do well the same, but there is a little bit in the back of my mind that maybe they do a bit more with Primo at point guard. So I don't want to get too excited about Trey Jones because... I don't think he's a set-in-stone part of the Spurs' future, and they might want to do some experimental things down the stretch of the season. So, But he'll be definitely solid as a... I think he starts... I think he gets close to 30 minutes per night. Um, good good source of assist steals uh, and solid field goal percentage from a, from a point guard as well. All right, and now the final tier. Tier 13, at 28, I've got Mike Conley. At 29, I've got Russell Westbrook. At 30, I've got Cole Anthony. And at 31, I've got John Wall. Um, let's talk about, so let's talk about Cole Anthony first. He kind of sticks out in this group. He's an all right flyer. I'm not super keen on him because even last year he got out to that hot start and he was still just, he was really down in the rankings. He, he suffers a lot from horrible field goal percentage. Um, he doesn't get steals. He doesn't get blocks. His rebounds are poor. Um, the turnovers are high without providing an elite level of assists. Um, sure, the assists and threes are, are decent. The points are okay. Um, but there's just a lot of other negatives to his game. And I don't see him really doing better than that. So last year, he was 139th ranked player. Uh, in a punt field goal percentage, he was top 100. So if you're punting field goal percentage, he could be ahead of some of these guys. Um, but 
They're just other guys I prefer to take flyers on by this point of the draft. So he just drops down a little bit just based on other guys coming up. Um, let's talk about these other guys. So these are the old blokes. Uh, Conley, Westbrook, John Wall. Conley, I think, has the best fantasy game of these guys, and I think he will start the year well. I'm just worried. I think in my if I had to put any money on anyone being traded this season, it would be Mike Conley. Um, I think he doesn't do this roster any good at all. And I think he does have trade value out there in the NBA. Um, I'm worried that he's going to see a reduction in his role and his minutes on pretty much any team that he's traded to because if a team is trading for him, it's a playoff team. It's a team that needs um, a veteran. So he's going to come into an established team with a roster already built there. He might still hold his value. So I could see an argument to see Mike Conley join the the, the tier with Trey Jones and Lonzo Ball. But he did show signs of slowing down last year anyway. So I just don't think there's much upside in Conley. And um, I would, I'd be prepared to... I would be preparing to not really have him available for your playoffs because... By that time, he might be someone just worth dropping as a as a backup backup point guard, um, and then John Wall. I'm just not that keen. I think there's going to be a bit more of a, a minutes time split between he and um, and Jackson. I just don't think that he's going to get enough minutes, and and he's he's not the best fantasy contributor even in decent minutes. Yeah, if you punted uh, turnovers and field goal percentage, he improves, but. Sure, if you take him with one of your last picks as a flyer, hope he gets 30 minutes a night. But again, he's playing next to Paul George and Kawhi, and the Clippers team is just really deep. I just don't see the usage there for Wall that he would need. And he's just getting old. Um, you know, he hasn't played, he didn't play at all last year. So I just don't really envision a way that he's going to feature enough to get his value. But he is a name. You could do worse with taking a flyer on John Wall, but just not very excited. And then Russell Westbrook. Um, I've, Voiced my opinions on Westbrook a few times. Um, Josh and I had a conversation about it the other day. He's worried that he might not play a single minute this season. Um, that's a possibility. I think he starts the season out as the starting point guard for the Lakers, but I agree that there might be a very real possibility that a month or two into the season, he's just benched John Wall style from last year and doesn't play. Um, even if he does play, you have to be punting field. Uh, sorry, punting free throws and turnovers for him to have value. I just, I just don't want anything to do with Russell Westbrook at all this season. In a points league, he's higher. In a punt, free throw, and turnover build, like I said, he might be serviceable. But I wouldn't be spending anything else other than like a last one or two round picks, even in that build, uh, because there's just a major risk of him not being available um, the second half of the year because. I think there's a real risk that he's he's dumped by the Lakers and or traded or bought out or, or just sat down because he he's not he's not adding to winning basketball and um, I think that's becoming very obvious to a lot of people in the NBA. So that will do it for our tiers for point guards today. Longer podcast than I thought, but um, wanted to go through it's a very important position. So let us know what your thoughts are about the tiers, the rankings, um, any of my thoughts. If you haven't already, make sure you are subscribed to the YouTube channel. Give us a five-star rating over on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you check out ballboysmba.com. Get yourself a season guide, and we'll see you guys next time. Laters.